welcome back to another episode of The Virgin Podcaster. I'm Olivia, and I'm sorry it's taken me so long to get a new episode up for you. With the holidays and travel and grad student finals, it's just been kind of hard to manage and have a new podcast out, so I really apologize for that. But we're back on track with the new year and in it for the long haul, and we're going to get started with, an ep- with a podcast that I'm really excited to talk about, and it's called The Black Tapes. And... There, this was supposed to go up in November, on Black Friday actually, to coincide with, you know, Black Tapes, Black Friday. I thought it was cute. And I recorded an episode with Gabs, but because of various environmental issue, environmental infiltrations and timing problems, the, that episode is unfortunately not as salvageable or usable as I would like. But that's okay, because to my rescue came my boyfriend Chris, who was kind of press-ganged into listening to the podcast with me as I was preparing to talk to Gabs about it. So he's here to help me out. Hi, Chris. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hey, hon. <laughs> um, and I had to actually do some research again because I haven't listened to this podcast in about two months. Shame on me. Oh, neither have I. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so I have some information on it that I'm actually just going to pull from when I talked to Gabs about it. And she found out about it through her mutual friend, or through one of her friends, who also recommended Lore and Limetown. So I was all gung-ho and ready to go. And I think we have a lot to say about it. So let me do, real quick, just kind of what the podcast is about and how it works, and then you and I can riff on how we felt about it. All right. Okay. So The Black Tapes is actually, Gabs told me, based on a true story. And the story goes that a doctor, whose name I do not remember, um, put out a contest that he would give a million dollars to anyone who brought him a mystery that he could not solve. And I'm not talking like, you know, modern day Nancy Drew mystery, I'm talking about paranormal supernatural stuff. I can't remember what kind of scientist he was, but he was very skeptical about all things Mysterioso. So he had this contest, and I feel like either something ha- something happened, it got away from him, or too many people were bringing up cases that, and he wasn't following through because he couldn't follow through, and it, I think it was more like he'd get these cases, and it turned into one of those things where he put them on the back of his shelf and said, well, I haven't not solved it, I just haven't solved it yet, and people were getting disgruntled about that, understandably so, so I think that contest is no more. But it's the same premise um, in the black tapes. This investigator named Alex Regan meets a doctor, Nick Strand, who is one of these skeptical paranormal debunkers, and he has a group of files called the black tapes. And I believe they're supposed to be video VHS, hence tapes, but they're full of these unsolved paranormal mysteries. And each tape takes you through a different mystery, and intertwined with all of that, there's personal paranormal stuff about Dr. Strand's wife and his life, and someone may be stalking Alex, and there's their relationship to deal with. Um, and it's a docudrama, in case that was unclear. And, yeah, I think that's all you need to know to cover the basics of the podcast. Oh, it's put out by... It's another one of those riffs on NPR that I don't... Like Pacific Northwest Radio or something. Um... Okay, I think that's all I got for now. So let's jump in. Good summary. Thank you. 
We listened to, what, six episodes, I think? Six or five? Felt like 200, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they're all from the first season. At the time, they were putting out episodes weekly, and they were in their first season, and I think now they're in their second season, and they put out episodes bi-weekly? Yeah. That's what their website said, because I read their about page like a cool kid. Um, okay, babe, you're up. Tell me... Well, tell me. Well, okay. Um, tell, me, tell me what you got. Well, what you got? From <laughs> all right, what I got. Um, well, I remember when we first uh, listened to the to the Black Tape podcast. Um, it seemed very interesting at the time. You know, you had the the young plucky journalist, um, almost like um, oh, what's her name from uh, from House of Cards or, or those old like fifties serials and. and black and white movies like you know the, the gung-ho like i have a story and i i i'm going to expose it and nothing's going to stand in my way and it, it had a certain edge to it and it felt like it had you know something going for it so it, I, it caught me like right off the bat mm-hmm. um and i think it caught you i remember like we were both kind of like all right this, this is this is getting good the, well yeah um, the first episode really i really it really snatches you well, the first one, yeah, especially the first episode about um, kind of that Slender Man-esque shadow that haunts this guy and his son. Oh, yeah. That was oh. my favorite episode because that... it's so creepy and it just set up this quality of eeriness and go- I have to say right off the bat, ghosts are the one thing that really, really freak me out. Monsters I can handle because they're tangible and if there's a way to kill them, you're set, but you can't Sea ghosts, or spirits, or ectoplasmic goopy, what have you. You can't kill them. I mean, they're dead. fear of the unknown, and what's more unknown than something you can't see, feel, hear. Exactly. But that it, it, it has but it's still corporeal. Exactly. Like, it can do stuff to you, but you can't do stuff back. That totally freaks me out. I mean, we all know Pastor Swayze could hit that sign at the bus station, or train station. But it had to practice at first. Right. So, yeah. Buy a piece of crumpled paper on a trash can. Right. Um, but <laughs> but right. it, that that first episode, t- to me, was, was just amazing. It was amazingly structured, the way that it was, you know, um, it arced. The, mm-hmm. the way that it went from, you know, she gets the story, meets the doctor, the doctor, you know, you know they, they find out this shadow following this this man and his son and wife and how it's just been following them from, what was it, from like house to house? Yeah, it was, so the first time you see, or the first time they see it in an image was in the father's, like, 10th birthday party. It's in the very yeah. back of the backyard following him. I think it was the, the man in the black hat. Yeah, it's the man in the black hat. Oh my god, I'm getting nervous <laughs> thinking about it. But... It shows up again in in his wedding photo to his now wife, and then it shows up in, apparently, every photo that they've ever taken of their son. Mm-hmm. And the mother has stopped taking photos, and they find out that it um, was even in his school pictures, and that the photographer actually photoshopped it out, because she just thought it was a smudge, but that it's everywhere, and that the little boy talks to it. Yeah, it's like his imaginary friend. And his name is Tall Paul. Paul, that's it. That's it. And it's like, there's an image burned in the back of his closet, and oh my god, I'm shivering. It's 
terrifying. It was the most terrifying thing to me. Well, I I really credit that to, to the voice acting that was done in that episode because every character just it it was so well crafted with the with the voice acting and the sound. I was actually um, going to ask you about voice acting because I know you're a voice actor and you would be able to talk about the quality of that type of thing. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm an, um, an expert on the subject. I, I uh, you know, I, I know my way around the basics, but I just remember that the sound quality was just amazing. It was crisp. It was clear. You could understand everything they said. No one rushed. No one slowed down. It was just, it, it's what it needed to be for what it was, you know, mm-hmm. with Dr. Strand being very monotone and very nonchalant about everything, but that's because he is a skeptic. He knows what he's talking about, and even when he's faced with something that he doesn't entirely know everything about it, or he's not entirely sure, he still pretends to be, and it comes across through the voice actors, you know, dialogue and mannerisms. Meanwhile, the journalist, you, you can tell that she's, you know, she wants to learn more. She kind of like I said, they, they don't rush, but she talks fast in order to get what she wants. She is a journalist. She is a reporter um, at, at her heart, and, and it comes out through that, you know, voice actress's dialogue and mannerisms. Then you go to the family, the, the, the father who's been haunted by this demon, shadow, ghost, whatever you want to call it, since his, you know, childhood and it's been following his family ever since and he doesn't know what it is and he starts out very coolly calmly you can tell the hatred for dr strand Mm. but then it just gets more and more aggressive because he's at the end of his rope he's lost his wife and son because Mm. as you find out they left him they've they've decided to just up and leave him because they don't want to deal and then you um cut to him just coldly just telling off Dr. Strand, basically, you know, saying like, do you know what I'm dealing with? Have you ever had to deal with this? You're all monster. You're a horrible man. Because I believe Dr. Strand just couldn't figure it out or something. Yeah. He, he blamed you. Yeah. I forget what he was blaming Dr. Strand for, but he, he blamed him for his life falling apart. Yeah. I think it was Dr. Strand said that I, I, I can figure this out for you. I'll do it, no problem. And he couldn't come up with anything, so he took their money and just left. I, something like that. Yeah, there was some type of there was a there was a dismissiveness in the doctor that, of course, when someone's dealing with this on a daily basis and it's ruining their lives, you don't want you don't want to deal with that. Oh yeah, you're, it's I like mean, being gaslighted. That's just a right. frustrating thing. Well, because Doctor Strand believed it was a trick of the light in the photography. And that, you know, it was shadows or that it could be easily identified by something technologically related. Yeah, or, or just seeing things that you want to see, the mind, you know, it works in mysterious ways. Exactly, and to completely invalidate someone's fear like that. Yeah. I mean, if you take it... Sometimes having your fear invalidated is reassuring because you know, okay, I'm not, you know, I'm afraid, there's nothing to be afraid of, that's good. Yeah, but, but no, no, sweetie, there's no monsters under the bed, go to sleep. Right. And that works for us as, as children. But at the same time, like, when you hear growling underneath your mattress mm-hmm. and you can hear snarling and chewing, 
and little Fido's gone, yeah, maybe something's going on. Right. And just to have someone say, oh, no, it's nothing. It's like, do you hear what is happening? I don't think that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Because then either A, they don't see it, and or B, you're going crazy. And either way, that's not good for you. No. Spells dangerous. So that's the first but, um, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I, I was just going to uh, continue with the, just the, the wife and the son. Um, whatever child actor they got, they, they did a really good job because, oh, yeah. I mean, well, have you ever, like, seen, like, heard the Peanuts specials? Like, Snoopy Come Home, Charlie Brown Christmas, Charlie Brown you mm. know, Thanksgiving, all, all those. Those were actual child voice actors mm. back in the, you know, 50s and 60s. And uh, they... They just, you can tell that they're children, and you can tell that they are reading lines. Yeah. And while it, do, it doesn't make them any less endearing and, and nostalgic, you know, it's that kind of child acting that we get today that gave us Jake Lloyd and, you know, Phantom Menace. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it's just, oh, cringing. But this kid that they got, um, he was very good. He didn't sound like he was reading off of a script. He, he sounded like... You know, it, it sounded like they had a recorder up to this little kid that was being haunted by this tall black figure that yeah. wouldn't leave his family alone. He did, yeah, he did a good job. And it, what you said about having children actors or having adults be children just reminded me of um, uh, Gravity Falls and yeah, Jason Ritter. Yeah, Jason Ritter, who's who's not twelve, but he's a twelve-year-old, but he sounds twenty-five. Still not twelve. But you know what works? No. Like, I'm so used to Dipper's voice the way it is, I don't register that it's, he's not, he's a, it's a man being Dipper. Yeah. And I don't know. Actually, you know, it's, it's funny we, we bring up Gravity Falls, because Black Tapes is kind of like a podcast version of Gravity Falls. Yeah, actually it is. If you think about it, you, Dr. Strand is kind of like an, an adult Dipper, and, uh, and then you got your, your, um... Oh, Alex. Uh, Alex. Oh, yeah. You, you, you've just got all these characters who are kind of like the same. You've, you've got your, um, what's the little sister's name? I am blanking. Oh, Mabel. Mabel. You've got Mabel, who's kind of like the journalist. Yeah, that's, I was um, when And they're just yeah. finding all these, these different things around, um, which is, <sighs> I wanted to like the black tapes. Mm. But I couldn't get into the anthology part of it. I, yeah, I was going to bring that, I was going to ask you about that next, because I know that that's a point we agree on. I mean, oh. What? Sorry, I, I didn't no. mean to ruin your segue. No, 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 that was a perfect, <laughs> hey, that was a cool segue. We don't, we don't do professional segues here. Um, hey, there's no such thing as a cool segue. Have you seen someone on a segue? <laughs> I don't know, Paul Bart's pretty, pretty nifty. Pretty snazzy. That is a, it is a... <laughs> A wonderful mustache. It is a nice mustache. Quite the <laughs> Um, So that's, I think, definitely, as I mentioned, a point we both agree on, that the first episode was perfect. And they set, it up, was. they set up the mystery really well, and you're all ready to hear more about Tall Paul. And then it just drifts away, and they pick up a new kid. Well, not just that, but also the overarching story of Dr. Strand and his lost wife. Well, I, I, it's funny, because I care about that, but they're making it too melodramatic for my liking. Yeah. 
I kind like, of, you know something supernatural probably happened. He didn't do it right. the way that they set it up. Well, I kind of, that's what I kind of feel like. It's like, I'm sure there's a perfectly understandable yet supernatural reason, and they're making it too... They're stretching it out too long, I think is the problem. They really are. I mean, it's it's kind of like with the Paranormal Activity movies, you know? I thought you it's hadn't just, watched those. I don't think you would like them, honestly. No, I said I didn't. I didn't even. Did you see them? You saw. Oh yeah, you saw the first one. Yeah, I saw the first and the second. Um. And then you didn't want to watch the ending of the third one. No, no, <laughs> I, I did not. It wasn't scary. It was kind of stupid, actually. But I was in a crowded room with family and they were all laughing at it and I had not seen the whole thing. I just came in at the tail end, so of course to me I could find it laughable because I got like the ridiculous parlor tricks. Yeah. Um Yeah, you were you were seeing the, the tail end. Right, and I missed the premise and, you know, the I wasn't immersed in it as much. Yeah, you didn't get the build up. Right. So just seeing someone I kinda got the build up beforehand. Oh okay. No wonder he didn't want to come <laughs> into the living room. Yeah. But, but that's my, 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 my point is that um, they're kind of like the paranormal activity thing. It's like there's something strange going on, but, you know, it's, it's hidden in the darkness and you're waiting for something to happen. You know something's going to happen. And, you know, it's not until later on that something even remotely does. There's little hints here and there. My wife disappeared mysteriously and everyone blamed me, but I got acquitted. <sighs> you know, the police wanted to arrest me and... But it's okay. Yeah. I got the police on my butt 24-7 pretty much because they don't trust me. I, I, I can't remember exactly, but I believe that she even interviewed like one of the police officers or something on, on the case on one of the episodes. I have to be honest, by the like the sixth episode, I was my brain was kind of lagging. Oh, I was out by four. I was out by... Um, Exorcism? I was out by... No, wait. No, the, the, the face. The, I was the just going to the girl with the tearaway face because I have to say, that story was freaky when they kept it simple and then they started adding layers of lore to it and I it lost me because the premise is that she goes to this town where in the 50s one schoolgirl killed another schoolgirl over something that happened at prom and that now the dead... See, I mean, I don't even remember it right, because there's a dead girl's ghost who haunts... There was a the there was a girl being bullied by three girls at school. Okay. One of the girls became prom queen. The bully girl then attacked her, I believe, sliced, murdered her, sliced off her face, and then wore it upside down on hers, and then she was I believe lynch mobbed or executed or something. Oh. And then, wow. and then, so everyone seeing the ghost around town was thinking that it's the bully. But then, I think like one of right. the people, okay. <laughs> very melodramatically trying to make it feel like it was this big twist and this big kind of <gasps> gasp and awe that it's actually the prom queen herself. It's her ghost. He's the one scaring people, and we just were sitting there going, what? 
it was scary up until you changed who it is and you're going around and you're getting all these different sources who are saying completely different things. Well, that's not her face. That's the bully's face. She got her in hell. No, that's the prom queen's face on top of the bully's body. And and that's her ghost roaming around because she was wrongfully accused because she didn't murder the prom queen. Oh no, she did murder the prom queen. No, it was one of the other girls in the group. I'm also just you trying know, to figure out the logistics of wearing someone's face upside down. Like, you, can you see I yep. have an upside down face? What, where, <laughs> what are you looking out of? I guess you would be looking out of the mouth. the mouth. That's what I was thinking. But it also, it also just bothered me because it seemed like the ghost didn't have a reason to come back and avenge anything if it was the... No! Well, I don't even remember which girl it was anyway, so maybe she did. I didn't remember that one of them got lynch mobbed or executed. Or there's something, like, that. that's why she, her ghost haunts them. See, I didn't register and I that. Think it, it just confused me. It, yeah, it, from the get-go. And I'm mad because I, that could have been really creepy. Yeah. And, oh, also, just an overarching thing that Gabs, I think, said they finally did away with, but... The fact that every maybe 12 minutes, Alex, the journalist, would say, we'll be right back after this commercial break, and there was no commercial break because it's a podcast. Oh, right. <sighs> and then the intro, they kept in the intro where it's supposed to be her bumbling around saying, like, should I keep it in or something mm-hmm. like that, and they laughed, and then they... Yeah, it was bloopers. Like, if like you did that on the first it. episode, that, that works because it shows that you're still new to this, but if you're doing it every intro and every time you come back from commercial break it it really it takes away the atmosphere and the immersion because like well why did you you, you're three episodes in and this is a weekly podcast even if this were true which we know it's not it's a fictionalization but if it were a non-fiction podcast someone would have caught that after post and go hey maybe next episode we edit that out and make it professional yeah well i also feel like that works a lot better visually because behind the scenes things are always more interesting to watch than to listen to right so i feel like if this were a a video serial or you know a a, a mini series then having behind the scenes footage of them doing stuff and the camera getting tipped over that would be interesting and maybe add the feel more organically. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why, um, when you watch, like, old indie movies and whatnot, and you see the boom mics still in shot, I mean, that's why they they had that gag in, like, Black Dynamite, if anybody's seen that listening. They have a lot of, like, it's supposed to be a exploitation film, and they're making, they're parroting those old 60s, 70s films by leaving in these horrible edits and horrible cuts, and one of them is just Mm. the boom mics always in the shot. (laughs) <laughs> and it made it charming, and it gave it right. sort of a hilarious gag. But you can't do that with audio, mm-hmm. at least not to my knowledge. I can't, I'm, maybe I'm not creative enough to think of anything, but you can't really do anything with audio to give it a sense of, oops, we we screwed up and we, we fumbled, right. um, you know, but please forgive us because we're new. If they had kept it in the first episode, maybe it could have slid. Like, I remember laughing, going like, I like that. That's kind of charming. But then mm-hmm. by the second time I heard it, it's like, they would have edited that out now. Right. If they left it to make it seem more legit, then they messed up already. And if they kept it in as a gag, then the gag's already over with. You don't need it a second time. So it, right. it, 
it doesn't work on multiple levels if you have it, you know, over and over again. I also feel like in an interview, if there are things that you want edited out, you want them edited out. You're not going to save them for bloopers later because it's, you're interviewing, you're being, that's like a moment of professionalism. Absolutely. And by her character, we, we see that she wants to be a big time journalist. She wants to be, you know, get the the next big scoop on the story. She's not trying to do this out of a rinky dink, you know, just hobby. It's, I want to be a professional. I want to show that I can do this. So, yeah, the blooper thing just, you're right. The first episode, it was fine, but by maybe the third or fourth, it was starting to kind of make me cringe a little bit. Yeah. Felt a little off-putting. And just mood, mood, just not destroying, but dampening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, I think, i trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, there were also a few episodes about exorcism and religious, the, like, the devil stuff, and yeah. I... Demons are okay, but I like them. I like listening more to things about demons in the abstract. Like Good Omens, love it. Um, Dominion, yeah. the show, love it. Possession. Eh. Well, I mean, possession's just been done to death these days. We, we, I mean, we had uh, we had the omen with you know Damien, who was kind of the the son of Satan. Um, we had uh, the Exorcist, which was you know the, the penultimate just horror movie of the seventies, mm. and how even we had those like found footage you know like movies of like the exorcism of well was Emily Rose the found footage one or was that the one where the priest is on trial? I don't I don't know I didn't. But there was there was one there was one exorcism movie that was done in a different way where huh. this priest is on trial for the murder of a young girl who was quote unquote possessed. Uh-huh. And the idea is that it's the aftermath. It's the aftermath and then flashing back to how she was acting. So it had some horror elements, but at the same time it was also a courtroom drama. And it worked, hmm. in my opinion. That's kind it of was smart. a nice spin. Yeah. That's a smart that's a smart take on it. But it also like i I love criminal minds. For anyone who watches it, and I've seen a few episodes where they deal with possession and exorcism, and it really just brings up ideas of, like, I mean, they take a more clinical approach to what else could be causing possession in the sense that it might be a mental disorder or something like that. And of course, there are arguments that say things about how that's putting people with mental disorders in a really bad negative light and kind of playing up the idea of mob mentality and you know, back quote quote unquote backwards thinking about mental disorder that is unhealthy for towns that are stereotyped for that kind of behavior, and that's all very valid. Um, so, where was my point? Oh, so Criminal Minds does possession in a very different way, and I guess I've seen enough episodes of that 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 kind of clinical approach to these that particular type of story is what I use as an angle to view those types of stories. So right off the bat, I was not invested from a, ooh, mystery approach. 
Yeah, especially like it's just been done to death, and the way that they approached it was just the same old, same old. Right. You know, we we had an exorcism, hear some audio, and we hear some growling, we hear some roaring. But I mean, the thing that made The Exorcist and all these other exorcism movies or television shows or just episodes of different series when they do that sort of thing, what's scary is what they're able to show us. Right. The head turning, the vomiting, the crawling on the walls, the speaking in tongues, the weird body movements like that girl from The, the Grudge. Right. You know, the, ah, that one. You know, just the creepy way that the bones, you know, bend and crack and whatnot. That right. scares us. But when all you're hearing is what sounds like lion cubs fighting <laughs> with each other. And you should, yeah. It's, it, it, it sounds adorable. Good Simba impression. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. And I think it just doesn't convey... And to go from... I don't know. It just seemed like it went from a really, really strong premise and a really strong first episode to more trite, I would dare to venture episode. Well, I mean... I'm- Unless it's like, see, I hate to compare and contrast, but take Night Vale, mm-hmm. which is, you know, another podcast that I know you know of. They have stories in their episodes, and their episodes are half hour long, just like black tapes. Right. Right? Those were about the half hour long, I remember. I think so. And within that half hour, they mention storylines that intrigue you, mm. and they're not mentioned for a possible month, if not two, in, in episode lengths, you know? Right. They just come back, like, six, seven episodes later and mention, hey, remember old woman Josie with the angels, quote-unquote, that are not angels? Well, this happened today. And they're able to keep on each storyline and the ones that build up and build up and build up the dog park, the glow cloud, all of that, and still keep your interest because you know that maybe the next episode they'll talk about the storyline you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And even if they don't, they're going to give you another one. Whereas with the black tapes, it didn't seem like they were doing that. It seemed like here's a premise for a really fun mystery that we're not going to give you the answer to. Nor are we going to give you a hint that we even got close to an answer. Because what audiences, in my opinion, want more than ever is resolve. Right. You know? No one really likes not knowing what happens unless it's done artfully, like the lady or the tiger. Yeah. You know, I remember reading that story and being like, oh, that's so cool. Which one was it? And our teacher specifically telling us, that's the point. Yeah. You come up with the ending in your head. And that's really creative and that's really just, you know, entertaining. But when you just say, here's an idea of a tall black figure or a person who's exercised or even a ghost with an upside down face. And then at the end they go, all right, we'll see you next week or next episode uh, talking about something completely different and not even alluding that they were going to come back to it. Yeah. That's the most frustrating thing. No, I totally agree. So, I mean, and that's really what the downfall for me was is, they, they had these interesting things, and they had me by episode one, immediately off the bat, like, this is interesting. The voice acting is amazing. And, you know, to, to be fair, the voice acting is amazing pretty much throughout the entire 
you know, run that we heard, mm-hmm. even with the woman with the upside down face, you know, they felt like they were scared. They felt like they were being interviewed. They sounded authentic. Right. Just the, you know, dialogue was, <laughs> you know. And to have two, ex- I'm going to carp on the exorcism thing, and to have two exorcism stories or two stories that revolve around the Catholic Church and d- demonic yeah. it's like, come on. I, I understand paranormal activity, not not the movie, but the actual, like, you know, mm. term, paranormal activity, and religion usually go hand in hand sometimes. I mean, ghosts, True. dead people, afterlife, all of that. But sometimes religion just needs to kind of take an aside and let the really supernatural and the really unknown stuff just take hold of us. Because we've heard about exorcisms and demons just ad nauseum. And I thought the Black Teeth was going to give us something like that. I thought it was going to give us these really cool, just, you know, you ever hear of this? Like, here's a new monster to be afraid of. Yeah. Paul Paul was chilling. Really is. I mean, it's like, um, there's a, there's, um, a movie... Uh, actually a series up there, it's called uh, Wreck, where their anthologies, um, there are these tapes, actually, that show found footage of certain encounters with, like, creatures and uh, supernatural things that, you know, just wind up being really dangerous and really scary and mm. a lot of jump scares in there. But the interesting thing is that I don't remember any religious stuff in there. I just remember, like, you know, these horrible things like bacteria and bugs and creatures and monsters and things just attacking yeah. everybody. That's, that interest, that fascinates me, really. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like there's room for more creativity, I agree. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic here, as I sometimes am, want to be, um, as you know. And say that maybe... Oh, I do. (laughs) And say that maybe in later episodes, we get that kind of first episode hit feeling back. I'd like to to think that too. And I'm I'm interested. I might go on on iTunes a little later and see what new episodes there are. And maybe we can do a part two to this if you're up for it. um, And talk about... Absolutely, I would love... We'll listen to, like, episodes, like, 7 through 12 and maybe see if they... Or just skip to season 2. Maybe skip to season 2. Although there is the continuing under... Or the B-plot, I guess, is what it would be called in... That's right, with Dr. Strand and his wife and all of that. I mean... Really, if if they clear his name, I don't really care. I really just want to see if anything develops between Strand and Alex, because... I ship things... A lot. Constantly. <laughs> maybe. Maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> Although, hey, hey, to be fair, I do it too. Mm. I think uh, if, if I may be at risk of, you know, doing any spoilers and whatnot, but I don't think I am spoiling anything. When we went to go see Star Wars Force Awakens and we saw Poe and Finn interact, I immediately looked over at you and went, chip it. But no, Ray and Finn. Ship it harder. <laughs> Wait, do you not ship Ray and Finn? Do we have to have a serious relationship talk about this? 
No, no, no. I, I should bring this in, too. Oh, okay. I guess Poe can be polyamorous. That's okay. Threesome. Yeah. Threesome. No. <laughs> this is a family podcast. How dare you? No, it's not. Well, I guess it should be. I'll put a warning in the in the uh, summary that there's not adult language, but there's ad- adult themes. A few adults. Any children listening to this, a threesome is basically any number combination that equals three. The sum of three. One mm-hmm. plus two, one plus one plus one, etc. Two plus one. Two plus one. Nice save. Well, now you're just getting crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nice save. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, it's what I do. Uh, yes. I think, and I really, that's all I, I think I have to say about the black tapes. It, it, that's fine. It, my final thought is that if you're into supernatural stuff, and again, I would love to do a part two and, and see if maybe they did improve, because it was the first six episodes. And even the first six episodes of any, you know, television series don't really hit home mm. all that much. You get the, the basics, you get the foundation, but you don't get the heart until later on and maybe the end of season one for any show. Um, it's rare to get it on the pilot. Uh, but if you are into, you know, paranormal stuff, I would give it a listen. I think you would get a, you know, a very good kick out of it. It will give you chills. And, you know, if you're not easily scared, it at least is a fascinating listen. You know, the, and if you're into voice acting, it's a very good listen to kind of, you know, study, you know, to, to, to understand, you know, why they say things the way they do, why they're talking at that pace, why they're talking in this way and, and sounding this way, because it feels real, sounds real. Um, but if you are just listening because you want a good story, that's complete. I, I can't recommend it. I would recommend Limetown um, in that case. And I'm going to make you listen to that, too. Um, oh, I would love to. Limetown is awesome. And if you're interested in hearing my riff on that with Gabs, that was in the Halloween special. Um, it was one of the four we listened to that day. So I'd also like to listen to their sequel, Lemon City. <laughs> <laughs> That's a secret. I'm sorry, everybody. No one knows. I'm better than that. You regret nothing and you know it. (laughs) What are you, what do you have final thoughts on it? Uh, you kind of took all my final thoughts right out of my brain. I think that's exactly what I would say. Listen, give it a try if you're in the, if you're hankering for some more paranormal stuff. Um, be prepared that the mysteries will remain mysterious, but if, you're At least for now, as far as we know. True, 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 true. But if you're in it just for the ride, it's a heck of a ride. And if you like exorcisms and ghosts with upside-down faces, that's a plus. Um, actually, you know, it kind of reminded me of Creepypasta stuff. Yes. Like, I feel like that's... If Creepypasta had a podcast, this would maybe be it. Because the, the Creepypasta... No, that's a... That's a- that's a fair point, actually, because I like there are creepypastas out there that don't have endings. But right. again, it, the medium changes when it comes to the results. That's satisfying. Right. And with creepypastas, when you don't get a an actual, you know, 
ending, it, it, it doesn't feel like you're, you've been gypped, yeah. but I don't know. It just, in my personal opinion, with audio mediums, mm-hmm. when you don't get that, that ending, it is very unsatisfactory. To yeah. Me. You're, I think it's closer to TV. Like you don't want a, a movie with no end. Yeah. Or if you do, you want an end that's very open-ended, but that still feels like you get closure and fulfillment out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stories, I think, or the medium of the written word is, I think, granted more leeway in how the ending happens and what you tell yeah. the audience and what you infer and what the audience concludes on its own. But I feel like with audio, I completely agree. I think that you want... The audience wants more of a point-blank, here's how it is, here's how it's going to be telling of something. And you can still infer stuff, and you still have that leeway to have open-ended things, but if there's no closure, or there's no finality, it feels disappointing. It's like like if Twilight Zone were the same, but instead... uh... Oh, um, what's his name? The the host. I am blanking. I, you know, I've never seen The Twilight Zone. It's a very good show. It's very dated, but it's a very good mm-hmm. show. But it's as if the, the, our narrator, uh, Rod Serling, it's as if Rod Serling were, you know, in the, in the episodes himself. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning and the end, he was trying to solve a crime that was unrelated to anything happening in the episode. So you have these weird mysteries going on, and Rob Sterling saying, like, you know, meet so-and-so, and, and, you know, he is in the Twilight Zone. Now, if you excuse me, I have to find the next clue to solve the murder of my, you know, child or something. Probably wouldn't be that dark back then, but, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's, we have these fun little, like, glimpses of the paranormal, but then it just settles on this one plot that, Honestly, I wasn't really interested in. Yeah. And I will say just a quick shameless plug for um, a fellow Minerva contributor. I believe it was Allison Rand that wrote a really great article about her favorite Twilight episodes, so I will link that in the summary, too. Because we're talking about the Twilight Zone. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree. With that. So... Well- I guess, in conclusion, that is our conclusion. Well done. I try. Um, Thank you, boyfriend of mine, for helping me out. This was a lot of fun, and I hope to invite you back for another episode of The Virgin Podcaster soon, be it for the Black Tapes or for another podcast that you would like to recommend. Well, I love being a, uh, shall I say, uh, virgin assistant on The Virgin Podcaster. (laughs) Yes. And uh, I would love to come back again and, and help out whenever I can. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, and I'm glad your schedule is flexible because you could help me out in a pinch. Um, mm-hmm. So as for next month, I don't know what we're listening, what we're going to listen to, but you will be just as surprised as I am. And um, you can find the Virgin Podcaster on Minerva's website, www.minervamag.com. We have a Twitter at at Mag Minerva. Um, you can find me on Twitter at WoodsWords27. The two W's are capitalized. Um, we have a Tumblr from Minerva Mag. We're on Facebook. 
We don't have an Instagram yet, but that's probably in the works. Um, and They're on a small ticker tape at the bottom of the news site. <laughs> Is there? Are you making that No. Up? No. Yes. Um, and just to, as a reminder, this podcast is part of our four, or I, I actually don't know what we call it, kind of like our, our podcast um, quadrant of the website. We have three other podcasts, Novel Ideas, Bardolatry, which I'm also a part of, and Nostalgia Myalgia, so please do check those out as well. Um, also, all the other episodes of the Virgin Podcaster are backlogged there, so you can find anything you might be looking for. And thank you all again for listening, and Happy New Year, Happy Winter, if your uh, corner of the globe has winter. If you're not, if it doesn't, you're lucky. Um, and I'm Olivia, and happy listening. Bye, guys. <laughs>